you know, we should start off today's episode in the YouTube video with that um that one image macro that's so that was a fucking lie because we said to the viewers that we would be recording these back to back and we did not um i mean it doesn't really matter because i mean they're coming out on the weekly schedule anyway yeah at least i hope so there's you know we normally do them on a weekly schedule except when we try to time them to a potato task so yeah i mean we we do coming out in the same week yeah but i I mean it it was hard but it was worth it to an extent yeah yeah let's go with that oh also i'd like to give a big thank you because our very first episode like caveman has now been played a hundred times oh cool uh whether it's by different people a hundred different people we don't know um is that over all platforms uh should be it's at least on all uh streaming platforms not including youtube yeah, let me so, um, let me see on on YouTube how many we have. Uh, it's probably getting lower and lower, but oh well. Yeah, it, it is. It has been getting lower per episode, unfortunately. Um, but I think that's normally how things go yeah. with um episode most episode one has gotten one hundred and sixty one views on YouTube. Our first episode was always going to be the most popular yeah. because it's the one people will not naturally be drawn to to start with. Yeah, and we'll decide whether or not they want to keep listening. Mm-hmm. But to everyone who is still listening, for, who has thank been you with very us, much. who's been with us since the trailer, even we really thank you very much, and we'll be drawing to a conclusion series two today. Um, and which uh, we'll, I, I'm for people who've been with us since the trailer, uh, specifically you, Spelvin who is a guy from a Discord server I'm on, who has commented helpful potato facts every episode this season so yeah. far. Shout out to Spelvin. If you ever want to be a guest, um, hook, hook either me or Joe up. Anyway, yeah. um, oh, we're two, we're two minutes in and we haven't even introduced the bloody thing. Um, welcome, folks, to the Series 2 finale of Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. I am... I am Joe, and he is Emerson. Alternatively, if this is an alternate universe, I can be Emerson, and he can be Joe. Yeah, I could be the uh, American with uh, brown hair who uh, claims to be uh, overweight, and he could be the slightly skinnier, uh, lankier, blonde, blue-eyed English guy. I like how I can claim to be overweight. I, you know, if I step on your foot, you'll find out real quick. Uh, well, you can't step on my foot, bitch, because you're on the other side of the screen. I still can't see this man, by the way. No, I don't have a camera no. on, on my computer, because I'm using my desktop. We might do a video po- episode at some point, but it will have to be for a milestone episode. I was thinking, like, Champion of Champions or something. Mm-hmm. Or, if, or if we actually get enough demand for the Patreon, which uh, we haven't yet, because... But um, if we do, maybe the first, like, Patreon-specific thing we should do? I mean, I was thinking we should definitely do one at 100 episodes. Ambitious, I know, but you got to dream, you got to dream big to get, the go- yeah. to get your goal. Uh, 50 episodes? Maybe. 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 Um, maybe when we... the travel bubble reopens. Hmm. Uh, th- this is our banter, by the way. Uh, hopefully it's not too long. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, it like hopefully, it's not too long, Emerson. Emerson. What, hopefully, what? it's not too long at the three-minute mark. What fucking podcast have you been on? Uh, well, we we've been trying to keep the banter. We tried to keep the banter pretty short last time, and that's because you were falling asleep. I wasn't falling asleep. We did it at like five, six in the afternoon my time. I was you pretty said awake. A, you said that you were very tired, even though you'd gotten sleep. I was. <laughs> I think. Know, I think. I think the reason why. I've, I've by why I've tried to had more energy despite recording later on the other episodes is because I've been overtired. Ah, so clearly we need to do these at like eight p.m. my time, which will be like three in the morning your time, so that you're. Oh so no, no, on. I will be too wiped out. But I should have a little bit of energy tonight because I have got uh, a certain fizzy drink with me tonight, naming I, no names. I I do not have any drinks right now. We're going to do this and have some fun and we're going to go through this because uh i would actually would like to go through this quickly because it is 5 30 on a friday the weekend independence day weekend for uh, those of us who told the british to fuck off and uh well oh, that's, yeah. a lot, um, that's a lot of people specifically the country that's been that's put man on the moon and uh but um yeah yeah but also my country is the no other country would exist if it weren't for my country I'm sure Russia would. China. Places that you invaded. If the country's not communist, my country probably would have laid the grounds for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, no, it's 5.30 on a Friday. It's very sunny out. It's very nice. I would like to do something today. And so we should try and have this that it's not 7.30 at night before we finish. I mean, let's see. There'll probably be how many tangents we decide to go on, because ultimately this is a Taskmaster podcast, but we also talk about various stuff on tangents as well. Yep, and we have no shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, we shameless plug say, um, for ourselves. Please like, share, and subscribe, but do not hit that bell. Whatever the fuck you do, no, do not climb up into the church tower and ring the bell to signal the townspeople. You know what? Actually, no. If you can, if you have access to a real bell, you should ring it. But, but not for this. Just to annoy people. Uh, I don't have access to a real bell, unfortunately. Uh, sad face. Um, I should just say though, we've referenced uh, uh, in American Independence Day a couple times. Uh, American Independence Day is this Sunday. We're recording this on uh, Friday, the second of July. Which, uh, yeah, no, it is Friday, the second of July. Independence Day is on Sunday, which we means like that to date. We like to really, really date yeah. our podcast. No, 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 no. I have, I have a specific place I'm going with this, which is that the town, which is that no one is actually celebrating it on the fourth because all the municipal governments around here they observe the holidays. Now you would think that this would mean that if it falls, if the if the holiday falls on a Saturday or a Sunday, they just wouldn't close up at all. No, 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 no. They promised those holidays. So, like, my town is having the fireworks on the 4th and the parade on the 5th, on a Monday. Everything is closed on a Monday. A couple towns over from me are doing everything today they're closed. Actually, one town, because, and we're not going to mention any politics in this, but um, recently the United States instituted a new federal holiday on June 19th. Uh, 
look it up for yourself. Um, but because that's a very controversial subject in some areas around here. And because, but they instituted that holiday on June 18th. No one had time to prep for this. So a couple municipalities around here have decided that today they're going to observe the, the June 19th holiday. And on Monday, they're going to observe the July 4th holiday. Municipal governments are really, really weird. Uh, no comment. No comment, indeed. Um, anyway, we're here. We're just vibing. Um, anything interesting in your personal life, Joe? I saw the ninth Fast and Furious movie. Is, I, I, is that out in this country? I don't live in the United Kingdom. I, did you hear my last tangent? Yes, I did. Um, it's because there's a chance it's not out. Hang on. Oh shit! It's, it actually came out in this. Apparently, it came out in this country before it did in America. You are behind the times, my dude. It's well, great. You, they put you NOS say, on a rocket. You say that I I don't I don't really care for the Fast and Furious films. It's great. It's a better superhero franchise than the Marvel movies, except their superpowers are cars and beer and family. Because I, they put NOS on a rocket ship and crashed into a satellite. Now, this is stupid enough, but the rocket ship is a Pontiac Fiero, which that means nothing to you, but our American listeners have just burst out laughing. Um... Uh, oh God, hold on. Let me let me put that. Let me. How dare you disrespect Marvel? Uh, Marvel has disrespected themselves by continuing to have shitty storytelling practices. Um, moving on. I need to, to binge watch all the, the Marvel movies and TV shows in chronological order at some point. I was subject. I have watched them in chronological order when they came movies out. Movies and episode. shows. Yes, I've seen them. I think they're okay at best. Yeah, but am I you? No. I think two of you put together is still not me. What What the hell does that statistic mean? I think... Are, well, you, are you making fun of your weight again? Yes. That's the general g- gist of my jokes about this. Joseph, 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 you weak-minded individual. Okay, hold on. Where are you going with that, a weak-minded individual? I don't know. I just wanted to say it. Okay, whatever. Right? Uh, yes. I will say the- though, if I like this that shit, I will fucking watch it. Oh yeah, no. The Marvel movies are okay. They're not terrible, but there's significant opportunities throughout most of the films for better story elements, better plot elements. And they just ignore them. And it really drives me up the wall. And they kill off main characters because they have to or because someone doesn't want to be in it. In contrast to the Fast and Furious franchise, where characters who have been canonically murdered don't die. Like, we need to understand that Vin Diesel's main character in that movie has has died at least three times. Another guy has been killed off and it's been shown in two different movies. And he didn't die. Paul Walker died in real life. And he and his character is still alive. And the only person who has actually died is 
what's her is what's her name? Uh, Gal Gadot's character, who for some reason died in this movie back when they decided when they were still trying to no no they weren't even realistic then, but Gal Gadot's character died canonically and she hasn't been brought back yet. But um, a theory I've heard: Tyrese Gibson in Tyrese earns his paycheck in every fucking movie he is in, including these. Tyrese is great. Tyrese was on the American Masked Singer most recent season of that. Of course, that's why you know him. Uh, Although I did know his name mildly before then. Hmm. Mildly. Hmm. Oh, can I tell? Can I go off on a very brief Masked Singer related tangent? Sure thing. Uh, Please note this is not actually a Masked Singer podcast, just so we are all aware. Do you know how, because obviously people like on Mama Singer, people are worked out stupidly quickly. No, I didn't know that. Well, most people are worked out very quickly because it's like some people, unlike myself, are like, unlike myself, who just watches the show because it's bright and colorful like the Teletubbies with music. Um, some people uh, are able to pair the voices with the clues quite quickly. Do you know, do you know how people worked out Tyrese very quickly? No, I don't. Because uh, you, you, if you have any, if you know what I'm talking about, if you've seen, if anyone has seen the show, they might uh, associate. Um, they might see character, see uh, the celebrities like backstage, when not in costume, wearing like visors that shield their face, and a hoodie that says either "Don't talk to me" or "Don't speak to me," depending on which uh, version of the show you watch. That's a horribly and, antisocial method of keeping your actors segregated. Hmm. I guess, but what happened was Tyrese was he took like a picture and uploaded it to Instagram or something, and you could see him wearing the hoodie. This was before he was quote unquote revealed. Okay. He basically leaked his own appearance on the show when he wasn't hmm. supposed to. And someone well, else someone else did the exact same thing. Who were they? Uh Caitlin Jenner. You know, I've I've realized that I I I'm glad you like the Mass Singer because you're allowed to like things, but I just don't. Like I'm not it. saying. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the American version because it honestly drives me fucking insane. Um, really? No, the, I mean, no, 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 no. Go go into this. I wanna I wanna bond over hating this show. Oh no, I don't. I don't hate the show, but it annoys me. Why? Um, it's become, well, the American version, it's trying too hard to be, uh, interesting, I guess. Like, it, it, to an extent, it is interesting, but it's like, it just jumps the shark literally every episode. And don't ask me how I know Jump the Shark. It's Happy Days. Fonzie was on water skis and he jumped over a shark. Yeah, but I know the saying how I came across it. I don't know. Like, can I drop a pretty big bomb on you? Sure thing. There was another contestant on the same series as Tyree season as Tyrese and Caitlin. Uh, they were the first out, and you wouldn't. And when when it was like announced that this person was going out, uh, everyone watching was like, "Why no?" There was someone who was so so much worse, and yes, there was someone who was so so much worse. And you know who the person who got unmasked first was? Ken Jong. No. Hi, I, I, uh, uh, Kermit, uh, Brock here, and uh, 
I was on the uh, Mass Singer recently, and it was uh, it was pretty good. It's not easy. Your impression is impeccable, but how the hell did they make that work? Um, the costume was a snail. Um, excuse me a second. I'm just gonna Google it. Um, you'll see the costume and how it works if I can just drop it in Discord. It's is, it, is this what we're going to do every season finale? Is talk about the masked singer? Uh, probably not because there won't be anything new um next time. Um, entertain the viewers while I just drop a picture in. You'll you'll ha- you'll have to throw this picture in as well um into the edit. But it's like you you will see how it you'll see how it works when I drop it in. Um. Okay, I have Discord open somewhere. This is great content, ladies and gentlemen. That's the name of the last episode. Great content. It is. But uh, if you, if you would, if you audience members would like a joke before we uh started recording, Emerson and I. Okay. What? Have you Wait. seen it? What is what is happening in this picture? Where is okay? It's, the picture's a little. I've sent you a little I, bit small. I can see the image, and it doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, what happening is he's inside a big snail. Obviously, we didn't know it was going to become it before until he was unmasked. And so it's just like the guy puppeteering Kermit is in the shell bit. Yeah, okay. it's very. It was very obviously just a publicity publicity stunt. Yeah, like, that he was that, out in the first episode. That's a weird. I okay. It's that's. It's a snail. That's a striking image. Kermit the Tumor here, help here to tell you about a. I don't. You said my Kermit impression was impeccable. I don't. I think it's a bit weird, but. It sounds the thing is, great. My, my Kermit is a mix of Kermit and Porky Pig. No. Because like my Kermit is very stuttery. So if I if I could do the impression again, uh, hi, uh, Kermit the Alpaca here, and the. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm here to sing Rainbow Connection for you all. I hope you like it. It's a it's a very special. You have the voice down, Pat, and the that's all that really matters. Yeah, but my I, the thing is, I kind of like the really. I mean, obviously, Kermit's not really a very stuttery figure. Well, he's a bit of a stuttery figure, but I think just like making him very Porky Pig esque is pretty funny. Well, in like Porky Pig and like his stuttery mannerism. No, no, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um. Yeah, that's really it. Um, well, the American Masked Singer just continues to jump the shark literally every single week. The British version is a bit more uh, low-key about its amazing feats. Because obviously I mentioned the Viking was the guy who from AHA who actually sang his own song. Yeah. No one on the American version in the five seasons they've done of it has sung their own song. Huh. I mean, I feel as though that would be giving it away. No one, no one, no one, none of the panelists guessed Viking correctly in the UK version, even though he sang his own song and said the name of the band he was in three times under, in disguise. I mean, you're not going to expect them to do that. That's a move you can only do like once. Well, once in a blue moon, yeah. Um, anyway, this is enough. Shall we put an end to the rambling? Yes, this has been. We've hit the twenty-minute mark, and we haven't started talking about Taskmaster yet. We are right. on form today. Well, we we've done better in the past. We've done worse in the past, actually. Yep. 
Anyway, um, the series two episode five uh, finale of two fucking hell. The series two finale of Taskmaster is the strength and archers. Strength and archers. How graceful was that? Um, About as graceful as uh, any of these tasks. Yeah. Uh, but before the prize tasks, um, we should um, talk about Greg and Alex's banter, because yeah. this is quite interesting. Um, Alex, uh, Greg agrees to be Alex's godfather. He does. He signs an official-looking piece of paper. And um, I, I mentioned this uh, on Reddit a couple months uh, ago, but when Series 10 was airing, uh, when Greg does like his introductory speech for Alex at the start of an episode uh, during series ten, he says um, he says some like really nice things about Alex for a change when he's normally very rude and belittling to him. Um, but after the applause, Greg says, "Oh, sorry, I was reading the speech I had written for my godson's wedding, but Alex is his godson." I mean, they probably forgot that joke. You know, I mean, most likely, but Taskmaster has law, right? Maybe there there is law within Ta- There is law within Taskmaster, and we will find some more as we go through the show. Hmm. Anyway, yes, I believe you are taking the prize task today. Yes, I am. So today's prize task was best piece of memorabilia. And as with a lot of these, we're going to have some discussion over whether what the definition of stuff is. Because John first brought in a, a Roman coin that he found in his garden. He's had this for at least 20 years, and he claims it fascinates him that, you know, this was used to buy, like, a gourd or something like that in Roman times. Presum- considering it's England, it's presumably, like, ancient Londinium or something like that. But Because uh, everything in England is fucking ancient as shit mm-hmm. that's you have a very old even violent. the newborn babies fucking ancient as shit yes and but um he he's had this for at least 20 years uh, according to Alex 20 of these can be bought on eBay for 8 pounds so uh but worth, that, no, worth, worth borderline nothing it's worth nothing but well, it's also not, it's not worth nothing it's worth borderline nothing What's 20 divided by 8? Fucking, I don't know. Um... Do some math while I keep talking. But the thing is that I don't think that really matters because this is like memorabilia. Because, and memorabilia, you know, he doesn't need to have a price. The problem here, though, is that a oh, coin no, wait, eight, is You mean 8 memor- divided 20 for 8 pounds? Yes, however much a per unit price is. But, Hang um, on. Um, it's a it's um, a forty p per coin. Ah, yes. It doesn't matter that it's worth nothing or forty forty pence in this instance. But um, presumably, but the problem is that it's a coin. Coins aren't really memorabilia. Which uh, you know, speaking of things that aren't memorabilia, uh, Joe Wilkinson brought in a map of the Grand Union Canal signed by uh. Clive Hutt, the asthmatic lockkeeper. This is just some bullshit. This is Wilkinson looking at, because Joe Wilkinson seems like the kind of guy who would have a trophy room 
full of shit that's like memorabilia. Like he seems like the kind of guy who would have like an original, like all the Star Wars action figures from the eighties, sealed in their original packaging and never play with them. And he probably took a look at his vast collection of stuff and went, nope, nope, not giving any of this away, and got some bullshit. It's it's kind of sucky. It's it's really kind of sucky. But um, then we go on to uh, Richard Osman, and you're gonna have to give me some uh some cultural uh instruction here because Richard Osman brought in an autographed Jockey Wilson card. I'm sorry. Who, did you come to me with the expectation that I knew everything? Who or what is Jockey Wilson? Hmm. Uh, to be honest, I know nothing about Jockey Wilson until I pulled up his Wikipedia page just now, and I can see why both Richard and Greg are big fans of him. Jockey Wilson, uh, who lived from the 22nd of March 1950 to the 24th of March 2012, um, was a Scottish professional dance player. After turning pro in 1979, he quickly rose to the top of the game, winning the World Professional Dance Championships in 1982, then again in 1989. Because if we remember, Richard is a huge darts fan, as is Greg. Okay. And I, I think that's why both were so um, uh, giddy with excitement to see it. this, I guess. Okay. And Sorry. Then... Sorry. No, I, no, no, I'm no, so, I... so boring tonight. I need to gotta get my game on do some cocaine or something but uh but no jockey wilson apparently was a very is that good what darts that white stuff that guy in the street yesterday gave me no he saw you coming that was merely icing sugar <sighs> what have i done but um anyways that is that is actual memorabilia that is actual memorabilia which uh which we're going to have to go through a lot of this. Um, then we have from Catherine a uh, a coin. And this is it's almost a badge, but it's more of a coin, a women's suffrage coin given to her by a woman from Dagenham. Which actually, women's suffrage is going to be a recurring theme tonight. Yeah. Strangely enough, but uh, that that should be the episode title: "Women's Suffrage is a Recurring Theme Tonight." It's too wordy. Oh, you're no fun. But uh, we it's should. I think we need to let the titles come naturally. Yeah. Oh, I still have Jockey Wilson's uh, Wikipedia page open. He was a constant sweet eater and generally refused to brush his teeth. In quote, in parentheses, my gran told me the English poisoned the water. He had lost. He had lost his last tooth by the age of twenty-eight, following his nineteen eighty-two world title win. He paid twelve hundred pounds for dentures, but never took to them. They made him belch when drinking. He complained. What a human being! Greg probably loves this man. Mm. Greg Davies is a unit himself, who you can tell by. Oh, sorry, I just hit my microphone. Um, who you can tell by his magnificent physique. Uh, eats a lot of food. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, Catherine got a woman's suffrage coin, and it is a, a coin about that's like this is from the 1920s sort of thing when women were like fighting for the right to vote. 
and uh and you know there's there's not a lot of like stuff around this one there is a lot of stuff around what doc brought in which is it's a framed rap album he wrote for a famous classical pianist whom i don't know who this person is and i don't know how to say her name right is it mylene class yeah that's it I'm who not... is she oh god i should know this um you you live in the same country yes but i don't know everything about everyone um i do you should learn yeah, but that's because you're most people outside of other cultures take interest in more interest in other people's cultures than the people of the cultures they're interested in taking themselves. Um, my think class is a British singer, presenter, musician, model, and businesswoman. Uh, she was a member of the pop group Hearsay, uh, and later released two solo singles, two lo- two solo classical crossover albums in two thousand three and two thousand seven. Um, Presumably, one of those. Then, what does she do? Well, like, what's something recent I would know her from? Um, Look that up while I explain this. Doc wrote this for her. I believe he was at, was asked to. Was was he asked to? Or yeah, I think he he was on. I think he was a he was definitely approached with the idea about it. And then he wrote oh, it. Oh, and then, um, Mylene Class hosted the incredibly short-lived "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here" USA. I don't know what that is. Do you know, have you heard of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? No. Oh, wow. You've got a lot to learn, my friend. About what? I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here is one of the big, the biggest British shows of the 21st century. I thought that was Bake Off. Also that, but I'm a Celebrity, it's a yearly, it's a yearly event uh hosted in australia with the exception of last year because of covid it happened in some castle in wales but basically what happens is they'll get say like a group of celebrities somewhere in the range of like i don't know 10 to 16 um and they'll send them into the jungle or castle now because of last year and they'll be forced to endure like a bunch of like insects or terrifying challenges basically things that are disgusting and terrifying so it's celebrity fear factor uh in fear factor do they have to say a secret code word and well not a code word and then that gets them kicked off the show i you can just pussy out in fear factor i don't i i think i watched it well once i'm a celebrity get me out of here is like a last last person standing thing if you say i'm a celebrity get me out of here you're kicked off the show hmm it's it a, seems like the kind of show and whoever I don't like. and whoever wins is crowned king or queen of the jungle. I'm not going to add in the car- factor in the castle into that. Maybe just king and queen mm-hmm. on that one series. I I or king king queen of the castle. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't like TV shows like that. It's like there's there's like TV shows like Naked and Afraid mm-hmm. that are that are. St- that they have where it's like we dropped some naked people into a jungle to make the, to see how well they'd survive and it's like this is dumb everyone is dumb no one should do this but anyways doc wrote an album for Mylene Klaas who hosted I'm a celebrity get me out of here USA edition I mean that's and that's not her most famous thing but we just talked about it of course it's her most famous thing anyways um he wrote a rap song for her she transcribed that rap song into, like, notes and verse. I, I don't know the correct musical terms. 
And I guess it would be verses, I suppose. Verse, whatever. It's sheet music now. And she wrote him a note on it, and Doc said that the basic gist of the note was never speak to me again, but it was yeah. done very politely. And that's that's actual merch. That's that's actual memorabilia. Of if you are in fact a Mylene class fan, which uh, which Doc wasn't, but I mean he probably was, but maybe he seemed like he, he said he he said he uh, he liked her quite a lot. So that's that's good. That's good for him that he got something from his uh from at his idol at that point in time. But uh, Greg Greg is very uh. Greg obviously now now that we go into scoring, Greg obviously gave uh, first place to Richard Osman and for Jackie obvious Wilson, reasons, which sent Catherine really over the edge. Catherine es- was deeply upset, especially because- after Greg said, "If you think women are more imp- uh, d- uh, before I say this, I should say I'm quoting. Actually, I'm not even going to say this. I'm going to let Greg say it. If you think that women are more important than Jackie Wilson, <laughs> come to me. Yep." And then, uh, and yeah, he did in fact put Catherine's women's suffrage coin below jockey, and so he yeah, this put, made Catherine upset. Um, she was she was deeply upset. Although this is not her most angry feminist rant we will have today. Nope. Stick around to the end, people. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, uh, he gave third to John. Third to John. Um, I mean, it's actually pretty neat. It's just, it's not, it's certainly neater than the other stuff. If you, well, actually, I think the Doc's thing is pretty neat, but, you know, it's certainly better than Clive Hutt's signature. I don't know how this got more than Doc's, to be honest, because. I, I mean, I guess Greg doesn't like Mylene Class. I guess so. I mean, do I not like my? I mean, I'm very impartial to Myling class. Myling class. But um, yeah. And then Joe Wilkinson, dead last, like he deserves. That's just, that's not fair. Joe Joe Wilkinson is a good, funny bloke. Not this task specifically. Oh. Not uh, this is nothing else about the rest of the thing. Specifically, this one. All right. Um, shall I drop the Taskmaster Joe intro, or are you? Uh, you can do it right now. Taskmaster Joe, take it away. And right, so obviously, an autographed Jockey Wilson card is a. You know, obviously, that's the winner. That's the that's the top one because, you know, it's an autographed merch. It's then that's number one. Then number two is Doc because that's like that's like one of those memorabilia things that like you could sell that and frame it and get it authenticated. That's that's actual quality top tier memorabilia right there. I can see that. If Mylene Class were like some international celebrity that I actually knew about, she, she, it might have even gone higher. Uh, then I gave Catherine third because. You know, we're we're treading the line here that we have to ask: What is historical artifact versus memorabilia? Like memorabilia implies that it's like I got this thing signed by someone, as opposed to this is a historical artifact. 
Women's women's suffrage, the concept, cannot sign its name. I guess not, but I feel and, I feel like I feel like I mentioned. I think this there's an issue similar to, to this in series ten. Um, well, I I think it's a bit more in line with the task than Catherine's coin is. Not saying Catherine's line, task, Catherine's coin particularly strays away from the um memorabilia too much to the point where it could just about be considered but um have you seen series 10 no well there's a contestant daisy may cooper hilarious woman no i i know who i'm i'm aware of the season but i'm trying to keep it fresh for when we do the podcast um okay do you want to like plug yeah your fing- sure plug your fingers in your ears and uh... nah, i don't care i'll forget it okay so uh um this might this is this is a bit hazy because i haven't seen series 10 and since it came out basically um but what daisy may cooper is uh for a specific task i think it's like some something to do with like clothing related but what she does is she brings in like a woman's um panty liner i think she calls it kind of thing uh either way it's something for like something along the line of periods i believe and she essentially says to Greg, if you don't, if you put this any lower than first place, you will be uh, deemed a sexist pig or something along those lines. What Greg's does... response, oink, oink. No, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, if we if we ever get round to series 10 and we come to this moment, um, I'll probably drop in this moment here and put like an echoey effect on it. And then, and then the live studio audience will laugh at you, uh, because but, we'd better get a live studio audience by season ten. Uh, not, not even the actual series ten had a live studio studio audience because mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah, I know. That's the joke. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, how are we doing for time? Okay. Um. Uh, oh, yes, and then um, obviously just just to round things out, uh, I'm giving John fourth place because if Catherine's was on the verge of being a historical artifact, his is on the uh, historical artifact and its currency, which currency can be memorabilia. This not so much. This specific one, and then obviously Joe gets last place. Fair, fair. Um, yeah. Anyway, my turn to talk about a task now. The yes. first, the first VT task. Um. As always, I've copied and pasted the uh, basic word talking from the Taskmaster wiki into my notes, so they won't always read exactly what's on the task itself. Uh, place supplied items into a shopping trolley on the other side of the stream. Um, pretty simple. It In the actual task, it, they say, because I write them verbatim from the episode, get all this shopping into the shopping trolley, fastest wins. Yeah, um, so Catherine is shown first. Um, Catherine was, um, Catherine, Catherine's very no-nonsense in this task. Well, uh, before we, before we get into the task, we do need to talk about what everyone did before they started reading it, because, um, because, um, Osman, Osman specifically did something genius, I even mean, though it didn't work for him. No, it, it, it was completely unnecessary what he did. In fact, what he did kind of made it harder, um, but not much. Uh, well, Osman basically, because like one along, among the assortment of items, there's like some like loaves of bread, some sponges, some tin cans, and a blah pair mattress with a pump. 
and uh, Richard Osman pumped up the air mattress before doing anything. But he well, didn't. He pumped need to up do. the air mattress before he even opened the task because yes. he figured it would be relevant. Because how this was laid out is there's a pile of shopping on one side of a stream, and I don't know where this park is, and it's somewhere in Neither London. And, and then there's a shopping cart on the other side of the stream, and you know it's it's between bridges, so there's no br- direct bridge. So, uh, so um, I just uh, realized I didn't ask you what you bring in for the prize task. I don't know. What would you bring in? But uh, um, we'll talk. I'll I'll talk about it very quickly. Um, well, we we're, we're literally more disjointed than a. I don't know what what's disjointed. A broken skeleton. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it count as memorabilia if you haven't met the person? I don't understand. Well, what I have is, um, for my 15th birthday, my best friend um, got me a poster signed by... Are you aware of the uh, ASDF movies or ASDF movies? Oh, you got a Tomska poster? I did get a Tomska poster, and um, my friend got it me for my um, birthday. You know a new ASDF movie came out like four days ago, right? I did. Um, it was good. Wouldn't say it was my favorite Asdorf movie ever. I, they, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're they're kind of going down. But um, uh, uh, having said that, the one before that, I really. Oh yeah, really, the one before that was actually really pretty good. Yeah. But um. Uh, anyway, um, that's probably my best bit of memorabilia. It's signed by um, the primary um, uh, people who worked on Asdorf movie. Um. And it just says, happy birthday, Emerson, you're awesome, at the bottom. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's I my little story. In, I, uh, I, went, I met William Shatner at a Comic-Con, and I got a signed picture. I met Brett Spiner at a different Comic-Con. I got, his, I, got his pic- I got a picture and his autograph. And then I also, I've met Adam Savage off the Mythbusters twice. Ooh. So I didn't get his signature but i you know i like i got to shake his hand and meet him and speak to him so that's that's different that's up there and then uh do you do you like watch dungeons and dragons or anything like that um i've always wanted to try playing dungeons and dragons i've not really had anyone or not really been able to find anyone who's particularly interested yet Okay. Well, I was going to say no, because my brother's really into that, much more than I am, and he actually, we went to a convention and we met uh, Matthew Mercer and the people from a D&D series called Critical Role, and so I got to meet them too. And it's like, it's like it, that, that, some people are wowed by that, but you've really got to be like within that ecosystem. So maybe I the see. picture, I'd bring in one of those pictures. Okay. Um. Sorry, folks, for that uh, weird jump. Yeah, out. we 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 real. So um. Yeah, just to briefly um, get this out we'll here do- before you before I, uh so I can finish stepping on your toes. Um, pile of shopping on one side of the river, shopping cart on the other side of the river. The shopping cart is, has its wheels taken off, and and you've got to get all the piles of shit from the pile of shopping into the cart fast as possible. Just really quick. 
Okay. Um, anyway, um, I think I'm just going to get right into what the contestants did now. Yeah. Uh, Catherine is first, like I said before, very no-nonsense. Uh, what she does is she wraps up some of the stuff in the airbed, uh, walks over one of the two bridges. Keep in mind, there, there's, not a, there's two bridges. Uh, she dumps the stuff in the trolley, and then she hopes to move the trolley back around to get the rest of the stuff, but realizes the wheels on the trolley have been taken off. So she has to run back and uh, bring the remaining things back. And But this time she walks through the water and throws it straight into the trolley. Yeah, the uh, the wheels on the cart have been taken off of the cart. Like, they've been unscrewed. So it looks like they're on, and then you push the sh- it. And the shopping the trolley basically off. just won't move. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Well, it, it, it can move, but not if, but not super easily. You'd have to, like, really force it. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Osman. Um, Catherine does it pretty quickly. Uh, two minutes and 44 seconds. Um, yeah, that's really all I had to say about Catherine. Um, Doc was a little more interesting. Um, he starts... He starts just throwing stuff right over the river, basically. And some of his stuff actually does get into the trolley, but some of it doesn't. Uh, doesn't and, he collect everything in sacks first and then throws the sacks? Um, no, he, he starts by throwing stuff in. And then once he's thrown about somewhere between a third and half of the stuff, he picks it all up uh, and then just sprints through the water and dumps it in the trolley. Okay. Uh, he didn't see the bridges. Um, although it... It, it and it didn't. It kind of mattered, but I don't know. Uh, it's but it, it's really it's a really funny reveal in the studio because it's like there's a bridge there. Been, he sees they've and then he says, "Oh shit, there's another bridge." Yeah, because they'd actually they'd been framing the camera shots and the editing up until this point so that you only saw the one bridge, and then when Doc r- realizes he's seen another one, they cut to a different camera angle and it's looking down the opposite way of the river, and there's another bridge, and it's. It's a really funny reveal. And then, of course, in the studio, he says, I can't see bridges. Yeah. Uh, poor man. Um, he, he was like, he actually calls Alex dude in exasperation of not being able to see the bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And no, according to Alex, no one has ever called him dude before. Yeah, we should just put that clip in right here. I'll never go back, even though the decision was terrible. I mean, Doc did get the job done, right? He finished in four minutes and 24 seconds, which is uh, almost twice as long as Catherine. But, dude, how did I not see the bridges? That's <laughs> Did you call me dude? No-one has ever called me dude. I'm deeply troubled by the clip. Sometimes you don't see bridges. Um, but what also goes against Doc is the fact that the poor man... Uh, Unbeknownst, unbeknowingly dropped a tin can in the river and didn't notice it. So he's technically disqualified, I think. Or yeah, he he is disqualified yeah, he's, yeah, because yeah, he's he did disqualified. not get all of the shopping into the cart. And um, yeah, but he does it in four minutes twenty four seconds. But it doesn't matter because he failed to get everything in. Um. John, I think, is paired up with Doc in terms of yes, viewing. Yes, Doc and, Doc and John are paired. 
um, and then uh, everyone else is done individually because they both took the same approach. Of yeah, because John also starts by hurling stuff in. And do, does John walk through the water or over the bridges? Uh, through the water. Okay, so um, he starts like shoving stuff into his pockets. Yeah, so it goes point. well. Um, he he would he was faster than Dog, but slower than Catherine. Uh, three minutes fourteen. But he walks away with two sponges under his arm, so he hasn't completed the whole task. Yeah, he he left them in his pockets. They're sticking out. They're really difficult to notice, to not notice. But did he not, he, uh, I, I was thinking, did he not notice at the time, or not care? Both are possible. Yeah, because I th- he must have not noticed it because if if he knew about it, he would have just yeah picked them up and thrown them in. It would literally have only it might not have even taken him one second. Yeah, I um, think he just didn't remember. That's why I think he was so embarrassed to sort of like mention him. It was like when Alex brings it up saying like, but there was a thing. John's just like, nope, nope, nope. John Richardson not realizing things is another theme of this episode. Oh, no, I mean, that's that's not kind of true. With the last task, John realizes it, but in a moment when no, the big problem and no one else does, but it doesn't really matter at that point. Yeah. Um but yeah, poor John. Uh, he's disqualified because he he must have forgotten about those sponges. There's literally no way he could have yeah. like known they were there and not not th- known that known they were there and not thrown them in in like what would something that wouldn't have taken him more than 2 seconds. Um anyway, Joe Wilkinson uh, Joe Wilkinson just grabs a load of stuff and just wades through the water and hurls it onto the bank by the trolley. Uh, he gets everything over to the bank, then on the other side, then hauls himself up and just starts throwing him in. It's a very good method. Yeah. Um, and it takes, it's not much to say. He got everything in, 1 minute 52. And then there's Richard motherfucking Osmond, strong man extraordinaire. Uh, yeah, so what Richard does is he goes over to the other side immediately with nothing. Well, after he inflates the the rubber, the inflatable mattress. Yeah, he does that. It literally has no effect whatsoever. I mean, like, literally it means nothing that he did that. So he, get, he, get, he goes over to the other side, gets the trolley, and hurls it, and tries to hurl it back to the other side. Um, it doesn't make it, sadly. Um... But he's able to pull it out uh, and just starts loading in everything very quickly. And um, in the studio, um, uh, Greg and Richard both talk as very tall men. That um, as tall men, they're expected to be uh, very kind and gentle individuals. Um, But he was glad to see Richard breaking that stereotype by hurling that trolley with all his might. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, as also two very tall men, although not quite Greg and Richard tall, um, would you have done the same? Would you have held the trolley or would you not have thought of it? I would have picked up the trolley and carried it. You would have picked up the trolley and carried it? Yeah. Hmm. That might have been... I think that would have been pretty slow, if I'm being honest. Uh, It's a shopping cart. It can't be more than 20 pounds. Weight-wise. It's not that heavy. Pick it up, stick it over your head, and wade through the river. 
Especially oh, once maybe. you realize that the wheels have caught. I thought I thought I thought you, I thought you were gonna do. I thought you were gonna run over the bridge with it. No, no, direct, direct route. I would have taken my shoes off. I think I would have just hurled it, like Richard did. But it might have been more. I would have probably like built up a little bit more m- m- momentum. Yeah, you would have put more oomph on it. Yeah. Um, Rich's method's not bad. Not bad. Um, he does it just behind Joe, and it lands in second place. Yeah, he does it 159. Uh, Joe did 152. Uh, so Joe gets five points. Richard gets four. Catherine gets three. And Doc and John uh, disqualified, so get nothing. Which means the overall scores are Richard on, is on nine, Catherine seven, Joe on six, John on three, and Doc on two. Um... Would you have done? Can you do Taskmaster Joe for this one? I don't think so. No, 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 because it, really. it's time based and yeah, um, there's not a whole lot you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think it's your turn to talk about yes. uh, this task, and I'm excited about this one. Yes, I this love one, this one. This one is a team task. The task is make the best stop motion film starring this potato. Your time starts now. Now, so they have a potato again. We're keeping with the potato theme. And uh, and a camera, and they just have to make a one-minute stop-motion film featuring the potato. And the teams are, of course, uh, Joe, Catherine, Doc versus uh, Richard and John. And no, Richard and his son. Richard and Richard's son. Yep. I apologize, but anyways, uh, they, you know, I've. They, they were thinking, how many pictures does it have to be? And as it turns out, a lot. Because it's like, I think it's like 800 or something. Because uh, you have to do... In the UK, it's going to be 25 frames. I think it's 25 frames a sec. No, that's that's video frames. I don't know what it is for stop motion. Because stop motion, there's actually I think a couple high, sweet spots of... Like super high quality stop motion stuff. Like um, Coraline. Like big Hollywood uh stop motion films like Coraline, Nightmare Before Christmas, and maybe even Modoc. Um, th- I think they're all 24 frames per second. Yeah, hold on. Stop motion film. Uh, God damn. Yeah, I think it's, I think it is 24. Well, it, it is 24 frames per second is what you're supposed to do. So, so that means they're only shooting around um, five seconds of footage a day. 800 times 800 divided by again great content here yep uh yes i think they're i think they're doing uh like 12 frames a second or something like that in in this in their films here yes in their films because i I doubt that very much I i think it's somewhere in the lines of like I think it varies. I don't, I don't think any of them are more than like eight frames Al- a second. Alex recommended eight hundred because that was about because that eight hundred divided by twelve is about sixty six seconds. Okay. So eight hundred pictures, twelve frames a second. So yeah, something along those lines. Can we talk about? Um, can I just? I know you're talking about the stars, but can I just quickly mention some of the uh, titles that John and Rich suggested for their film? Yes, please. I didn't have them written down. Um, Richard suggested Mash in the Attic, and that's a parody of a show called Cash in the Attic. Or it's a play on that title. 
Yeah. Uh, I do not know for the life of me what uh, Cash in the Attic's about. Um, it's it's like Antiques Roadshow. Oh, people yeah, okay. Show, people um, show up with garbage and get told it's either worthless or worth a, a gazillion dollars. Okay. Um, good title. Um, you can keep talking now. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Um, I hope you get the rest of the, like, because both films have pun titles. Oh, I do. I do. Okay. Um, uh, but they start filming this. I, I didn't catch what camera brand they used. I think it was like a Canon or a Nikon. Not a Canon or a Sony. But um, wasn't a Nikon. I used a Nikon. But they... It's actually, it's very interesting because they, they're filming them making the film. And you actually get to see them acting like themselves instead of putting on an act. Because... It's, so it's a lot of like actual behind the scenes stuff and them making the film because they have because they have an hour they they have yeah. like an they have an hour to make to do this which I can my camera because I have a Nikon Z6 I have a Nikon Z6 camera if I set it to its highest shutter speed mode I can do maybe a thousand shots in forty five minutes but that's with uh like tracking that's with just holding the shutter button down and tracking moving moving subjects but uh, i've never done stop motion seems like it's a pain in the ass but anyways um the the films are eventually shown uh joe catherine and doc's film is called spectator which is a play on words both on the word spectator and also probably because i think the james bond film specter yeah came out around this time and also tater is slang for potato in the uk yes it's it's slang for potato in can the I, English-speaking world. Can I just say, um, I don't know why you're talking. Uh, this is what I want to say, but this was why why I don't know why you're talking about this film first because they showed it second of the two. I had it written down in my notes in this okay. way, but I just want to say though, um, this film, uh, especially the audio for it, especially if you play because I like I said I watched the episodes on a little bit of a faster speed, uh, so go by quicker. If you play this up, if you play this on like one point five times the speed, it is quite possibly the funniest thing I've ever heard. The funniest thing I've ever heard is when I was doing the audio editing for our podcast. I was doing the video editing for our podcast the other week, and I realized that I I too can set our podcast to one and a half times speed, so I don't have to listen to the entire thing. Oh no, that that doesn't. What I'm doing that pitches up the speed. If I yeah, I know that's the- funnier. That's funnier. Yeah. Hearing you and me at like, at like, sound like we're sucking on helium. We should do, imagine if we did an entire episode on helium anyway. Uh, we'd die. We'd die. He, you, you're not supposed to, in, to like, the helium voice thing is actually like, you're not supposed to do it more than a couple of times at once because then you start to fuck with your lungs. Okay. Be- because. You know, because it's like you're you're ingesting last pure one, helium. Last one to die wins. No, no, I no, I'm not even entertaining that joke. We're gonna keep right on moving, but uh, but yes, you don't like um, the prospect of doing it. I last one to die. Whoever lives longest wins. Is not a is not a contest. I I intend on participating in. Not like the Hunger Games. No. Forget the Hunger Games. We'll have the Helium Games. Did you... Oh, my 
the Helium Games. That's a great one. Did That'll you be read... the title of this episode. That's the title. I, I knew that. Did Did you read the Hunger Games books? Uh, I read like half the first one, and okay. because, uh, and I just like couldn't keep going with it. Maybe I had to day. read it for. I read all three of them. I I liked the first one, and then they sucked after that. They really just sort of went downhill. But um. But anyways, uh, literary discussion over because you haven't read them. So I was going to be like, I could have gone on for a while about the Hunger Games. But uh, anyways, Spectator features a spy potato versus an evil potato masher. Now, uh, now naturally, in a in a group with Catherine Ryan, who sounds like an American, which would have been a fun choice, and Doc Brown, who sounds relatively suave. Naturally, the spy voice is done by Joe Wilkinson, who tries absolutely nothing but his own voice. <laughs> I want Joe and Wilkinson to do a spy movie. He could. Can you just drop like, any clip of the of oh, no. Spectator I'm going to play the whole clip. I might even play it twice, once on regular speed and once on 1.5 times the speed. Oh, no. Because okay, literally, so- when I played it on 1.5 times the speed, I think I replayed it uh, a grand total of six times. Okay, so so we're going to do it the full speed now. Walking down the corridor. Stadium skirting. Ah, Mr. Spud. Um, you're a knob, mate. As always, you're in the right place at the right time, Mr. Spud. Huh? I know you don't require one of these martinis I have here. Uh, yeah, if you like. Because you are already smashed! Oh, Lord. It's a pun, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a pun. Oh, piss off. <laughs> Never mind. Ugh, I got him. Okay. And now we're going to do the one and a half time speed now. Walking down the corridor. Stadium's good. Ah, Mr. Spud. Oh, you're a knob, mate. As always, you're in the right place at the right time, Mr. Spud. Huh? I know you don't require one of these martinis I have here. Uh, if not. Because you are already smashed! Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's smashed! It's a pun, isn't it? Yes, it's a, it's a pun. Oh, piss off. Never mind. Ugh, I got him. Let us... Let us know in the comments which one you preferred. Or email us at ytsnpod mm. at gmail.com. I might just delete uh, me saying lettuce at the beginning. Um, we'll just get some bacon and tomato and then you can have a sandwich. <laughs> BLT. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Um, but um, And then, of course, at the end, as you just heard in, in this... Um, at the end of this, then they go very Monty Python, and 
the spectator himself gets smushed by Catherine's high heel shoes. Yeah. Why? I don't know why. Does it matter? Not really. Well, Catherine said she wants to be the first female potato James Bond. Um, I thought she wanted She says she wants to be the first female potato James Bond. Ah. Which is honestly not very difficult. It, it in fact, is not. But, um... But they're, uh... They're, they were also complimented on their very smooth potato movement. Literally, though, I, ju- I just want Joe to, like, just be a spy now and recreate something. God. But, uh, yeah, they're but potato... Like, la 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 la, walking down the corridor... Oh and, then, and then when he gets to, he meets his mortal enemy. He says, "Ah, piss off!" <laughs> Honestly, if all James Bond films were like this, uh, I'd be very entertained. I just wish the James Bond movies were campy again. I want Roger Moore. He's... I want more of that. Roger Moore's dead. I know that, but I want more of that style of film. Okay. I mean, I want, Skyfall was I, pretty good. Spectre. No. Uh, not they, they really weren't go- that great. They're they're really too gritty and for my for my taste. I want like you know, Octopussy and stuff and and like uh and movies of that era. And uh wait, they're just they're just so much fun. There's so much fun. Oh, and um, which is which is the one with Christopher Walken? Uh, I don't know. You never. Man. What? I don't know. It's the it's the one after Octopussy with the blimp. I I just can't remember the name. It's in San Francisco. But um, uh, A View to Kill. I yes, think. that one. Those are great. I love those ones. Do you know what really pisses me off about James Bond? No, there was no James Bond film released in 2007. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that for a second. I know, no, I know where you're going with that, but I'm fairly certain that they they didn't do that because they weren't they switching between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig at that point. Well, no, I'll, I'll for the for the record, there, a Bond film came out in 2006, a one came out in 2008, which makes yeah. it a bit more annoying. Um, Double No Seven, I guess. What would Joe Wilkinson's uh, code name for Bond be? Double O dipshit. Double O potato. It's it's just potato, but there's like two O's at the end. Oh, it's potato seven. Uh, that's, that's a good one. Um, so the last Pierce Brosnan Bond was uh, Die Another Day, which was two thousand and three. Two thousand two with Halle Berry. And Casino Royale was Daniel Craig's first Bond film, and that was 2006. And it's and, and then what's amazing Quantum is of that Solace, neither of those were that great. And Quantum of Solace was 2008. So no Bond film in 2007, which real missed opportunity. I'm sure they had plenty of times to joke about that when they were filming. Skyfall was Skyfall was 2012. Spectre was 2015. And No Time to Die will come out whenever COVID lets it. No Time to Die was supposed to come out 2019. 
And let's just sink in. It is July 4th weekend, 2021. I'm sorry, I hit my mic. Let's see when and, No Time to Die is planning to come out. Oh, uh, December. They're, 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 so they're aiming for around Christmas. The, U, the release date for the UK, according to this thing here, is the 30th of September, uh, 2021 in the UK. Excellent. Which it's is, earlier than I thought it would be. Hmm. People have actually had time to die between when this movie was supposed to come out and when it has to come out. Yeah, especially with COVID and stuff. Um, yes. I hope yes, to God indeed. this movie will be worth it. It won't be. This is going to be like a, a lot. Of, one of the bigger complaints about um, a view to a kill, which is one of, uh, which is one of Roger Moore's last Bond movies, is that he was very old in that, and he's playing a role. They'd sort of written a view to a kill to be for a younger Bond that they would have introduced, but there was some whole bullshit with a. Uh, with because they were originally going to get um pierce brosnan then but his tv commitments kept him from doing that and so they had to get timothy dalton they and so roger moore did another film and then timothy dalton did after that i think that's how it went they might have just okay kept on roger moore for one more movie anyways i mean but, i'm not really the biggest bond fan like but the the whole thing is that um a view to a kill it really does look like bond and everyone else at MI6 was supposed to be played by younger actors and they just weren't. Because everybody else in the movie is is much younger. Like Christopher Walken's barely 30 in that. Grace Jones is immortal and whoever they had playing the 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 girl in that one was young enough to be his to be Roger Moore's daughter. Damn. So so it's like aha, they really and they really did uh they really did have everyone in this movie be a little bit too old, and that was that was a that was actually what inspired Roger Moore to retire from the role. Is that he uh, he did not wish to be in a role where he was old enough to be to have fathered the girl he is ostensibly dating in the movie. Uh, speaking of groundbreaking films, uh, a film where potatoes break through the ground, and uh, that is that is the. That is the best bad transition I've heard yet. It was a. It was. It was. It was, it, it it was, was. really good. It was really good, but it's it's definitely a groaner. Um, but as as are it actually was, the though. potatoes. I don't care yes. how bad it is. It was. Yes, uh, Richard and John did Twenty Eight Days Tater parody of Twenty Eight Days of course, Later, the, the Twenty Eight Days Later movie. Um, it's a potato based horror movie featuring Alex, who was murdered by a mutant potato. Which, um, the basically the potato rises out of the ground, makes his way into the house, discovers that Alex is peeling a potato, which naturally this goes over swimmingly. Threatens to fuck him up. No, it doesn't the threaten potato, to. The potato fucks him up actually anyway. fucks him up. And then Alex is killed, and then other potatoes pop out of the ground, and it is presumed that they are going to go create havoc. Because they have learned that they need to commit violence against non potatoes. <laughs> That's a very delicate way of putting it. Uh, yeah, but in fact, they are going to go commit acts of violence against non potatoes. But um, but uh, yeah. So Greg gives uh twenty eight days tater three points. 
each for John and Richard, and Joe, Catherine, Doc gets two points each for Spectator. I, I apologize. There's not a lot to talk about for a 28 Days Tater. Other than the fact that Alex looked up when someone knocked on the door. Yes, Alex. Alex took the initiative, and when they uh, when they told him to look left and right when someone answered the door, he also looked up. Critically, he did not look down, which would have helped it, which would have saved his fictional life. Mm. Do you want to do Taskmaster uh, Joe for this, or do you agree? I agree. I agree. Okay. I, I, I I actually might have given them lower points for um, Spectator because Joe Wilkinson's voice acting really does not quite sell it. it it's it's we're getting into tree wizard territory here there's a level of lack of effort that really starts to piss me off as opposed to actually uh make me laugh no i'll tell you though obviously tree wizard will always have a special place in my heart as well as it will in most other people's hearts too um but i don't know i just like i said i spectator made me unironically laugh my head off but i wouldn't call it as impressive yeah, it, it's also the it, it just it just didn't work for me. If you, I did like their inventiveness with the potato masher being a villain. If you listen to the uh, official Taskmaster podcast with Ed Gamble, who still needs to fight us, come out with or your hands. Or at least email us. Or at least email us, Gamble. Anyway, um, on that episode, um, Richard Osman came back uh, to talk about uh, the si- series two f- final, and Ed said two. Richard's face, he would have given uh, more points to Catherine's team than his and John's team. Hmm. And uh, I can't remember exactly for what reasons, but I think I think it included the fact that theirs was a little more like jaunty and uh, Alex didn't need to be stop motion because he was a live action human. Well, that's bullshit. You can't mix live action and stop motion unless you've got a really long time to edit something together like that that's bullshit i mean that's bullshit I if mean, you're you doing can, you just can always green cam- screen it they had an hour you've got to do it in camera well say so one of them doesn't matter um but hi- hybrid films do exist they they do exist but in the time frame they're given with the materials they have, doing a hybrid live-action stop-motion film, even for that short little clip, would have ended very badly for them. I feel. Yeah, I mean, it would have been. It also, I can see it would have been technologically impressive, but also um, might not have been in total guideline with the task. Yeah. Um. Anyway, should we do the uh, scores? Yeah. So I mentioned John and Richard got three points each, and the other three got two points each, which means Richard's on 12, Catherine's on nine, Joe's on eight, John's on six, and Doc is on four. And now so, we um, come on to the most evil task ever. This, this is, I would, would I call it, I don't know, would I call this evil? Maybe. I, yes. I definitely call it the sneakiest task. It. No, no, I call this one actually, this is like, evil this is this is like okay i know i'm taking the reins on this one but i still may need your help because my notes for this one are honestly yeah. really poor yeah so um, um so anyway the task is uh I, 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 I wrote it down i wrote it down verbatim do you want me to do that uh before that i'll just explain what the setup is so there's like a little miniature layout of the taskmaster house presumably uh geographically incorrectly too close to the river thames 
And also, it's presuming that a canal boat can easily go down the Thames because there's a little canal boat mm. called the uh, the boat is called the De Bayo de la Mesa, which we'll come to in a minute. Uh, yeah, and and the Thames, for the record, is not a canal. Yeah. Um. Uh, but anyway, the task is to build the highest freestanding bridge to support a potato. Uh, that's actually the second potato-themed task today. Um, using only the supplied items. No, using only the items on the table. That's very important. Yeah. Joe Wilkinson thought he had to support the pony. Uh, because he got lazy and didn't read the whole thing, and um, because there was a there on the table, there's a bunch of different stuff. Like there's straws, matchsticks, playing cards, rubber bands, spaghetti, uh, a model pony, gum, and two model cows, as well as a small model of the house, actual Taskmaster house, which you are not allowed to touch. Don't know why they say you can't touch it. Because that is the largest self-supporting structure in the thing, and you could probably... When Alex probably playtested this, or whatever he does to test out how these works, he probably... You could probably take that building apart and do something with this, because actually, I'm just going to get this out of the way at the front. My initial thought for this would have been that I I would have destroyed the diorama and, like, used bits of, like, the grass and everything as bridge supports... Okay. If, if I had, if I hadn't found the, uh, the, the evilly hidden materials, should we talk about those very quick? Because they do uh, so quite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so as a, as what, as I, what was that, what exactly uh, was written on the uh, boat again? De Bayo de la Mesa, which um, for those of you who speak Spanish, you don't need to shout out what it actually means. We'll tell you what it means. We, it means look under the table. Yeah, and John. Well, before we before we say what exactly was under the table, uh, John Richardson pointed out uh, the, the the boat's name, and um, yeah, he, he, he just thought it was a boat anything. called Under the Table. And uh, now that he realizes, oh shit, there might have been something under the table after the task was done, and it's it, just so quietly upset. It wasn't when... just the um, boat that had a clue either. It was also um, there was also like a little bu- a doorbell kind of star button down by on the side of the table yeah and they no one knew what it did when they pressed it but it actually lit up a sign that said in english look under the table although in in defense to them it was on the camera side of the table yeah but there's nothing stopping them from walking around and seeing no no so they uh so they missed that and then above the door there's also a sign that (laughs) sorry again in english reads look under the table which that one is actually blurred out in the VT until the reveal. Because if you look at it, because otherwise they would have, would given, have given that given away. It, away too easy. it would have been too Because it's like, it's definitely one of those, once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, so Be- what exactly was under the table that was so important? Wood, scissors, and tape. Like, exactly good quality what wood you as need well. to build to build a bridge like wooden dowel rods masking tape and scissors which would have made everything so much easier very super 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 sneaky such a shame no one noticed it yeah and then they even spoke with Susie Dent of the uh, television show fame who said that even though they were under they were in physical contact with the table, so the on statement in the 
in the rules uh, do qualify. I think the only way that this could have been any more evil is if someone had discovered the things and then realized that they were under the table, not on it, and then decided not to use them. Woo. I because I, mean, I don't, I, I don't get, know who would want to do that because well I I feel like someone like someone like maybe like uh, Joe or Joe or John maybe Joe Catherine, or I'm Joe sure. or John I didn't know there were two Joes competing this series yeah, Joe or John or Catherine maybe because Osman would have worked it out immediately and I don't think Doc would have cared the thing is but they they would have looked at it gone oh wait these are under the table we can't use these. No, but because the thing is, if when when John said revealed that the boat's name translated to under the table, yeah, literally everyone looked stunned and shocked. Mm-hmm. Fe- it could have been, it could be fake. Who knows? But Taskmaster doesn't strike me as the sort of show that would be that would encourage fake reactions. No, they 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 were legit pissed off. So, yeah, but they also had to go through the entire nonsense of actually putting together these useless bridges. Mm. So, um, anyway, no no one used the amazingly useful materials under slash on the table. Um, they just went for what was on top of the table. Um, so, John... What did John, what was John's like again? I didn't make note, because I'm uh, abysmal. So, John's... John's first thing he did was he tried to he was going to use chewing gum as some kind of like Blue-tech. as some sort of like glue product because there was chewing Blue-tech. gum on the table. Do you have Blue Tech in America? Yes, yes we do. Okay, yeah we do. But um, the problem is that he hates chewed gum, even chew- gum he chewed himself. So he was like, "Yuck! This is disgusting. I don't like this." Bad. And and he he was grossing himself out. His uh. His bridge is. Let me see. I have this written down. It was eleven point four fruit pastels. If that's what you're trying to. It was. It was eleven fruit pastel being an Alex Horn unit of measurement for centimeters. But uh, Jesus Christ, did I not write down John's bridge? No, John. (laughs) No, no, I did. No, I did not. I did not write down what John's bridge was. What the fuck? But he, I think, made his out of. The plane. He made use of the of the uh, the matchsticks and the spaghetti, I believe, as well as the playing cards and the and the uh, where he sort of used those as the abutments and then struck, put it on spaghetti. You keep talking for a brief second. I'm going to pull up the episode. Okay, so um, I I'm a bad host. I didn't write this down. All right, so um, I guess I could tell a joke. Um, so there's a horse. Um, the horse wants to start a band. He contacts the um, he contacts his friend. He contacts his friend the cow, and says, um, "Hey, do you want to start a band with me?" And um, the cow says, "Uh, sure. What instru- what places are available?" And the horse says, "Uh, all places." And the cow says, "Great, I can play the uh bass guitar." So the cow's in the band. Now, uh, what about the cow when? he and the horse wanted to start their own bridge construction business because John's bridge was straws. If you know the end, if you know the rest of that joke audience, 
let us know. Actually, don't let us know. We will continue the joke next series. I I do know the rest of that joke because I watched a charity live stream. Don't don't spoil called, the end for it. No 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 no. I mean, you, it's you an obvious this. joke, but everyone. But I love. It's one of my favorite jokes. No no, you don't understand this, Emerson. I watched a charity live stream last year. It's called Desert Bus for Hope. It's by a YouTube channel I like. There was a guy on it who did this horse joke. It was in two parts. It took 47 minutes and ended with the obvious punchline in the middle of a sentence. Like he just sort of said, and, you know, forgive me if I give away the ending here, but the presumed ending is, you know, the ending for a horse joke is horse walks into a bar and why the long face? He dropped that into the middle of a sentence after spending 45 minutes getting everyone invested in this ridiculous universe that he had created for the joke. That, that and is, then that just is, stopped. That's why it's funny. Cause like, I, I know. No, no, I, I know. I was having a flashback to that because I, I seriously thought for a half second that you might've watched this before. And we're going to recite for 45 minutes a horse joke. And I was oh, going no. to have to um, tell you. I, I saw that version somewhere else, although it was nowhere near as long. I think it took about five to seven minutes to tell the whole story. But um, Also, if I can go back to um, BoJack Horseman for a second. Yes. The show almost, almost ends on that joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, um, literally... um. For those of you who haven't seen BoJack Horseman, uh, skip ahead a little bit. Um, I don't know, thirty something seconds. Uh, for How those do I who skip have ahead seen, in real life, um, I haven't seen it. Keep going. Um, I, don't, I don't plan on you watching. Don't, okay, so uh, the second to last episode of the show is a really, really deep, depressing episode where BoJack basically goes on a drug trip, and uh, in his trip, he has like a dinner party with all the people. Uh, who were previously in his life who have died because Bojack is on the brink of almost on, almost dead at this point as well in real life. And um, the next episode, the the, epi- the episode itself, this penultimate episode is so brilliant. But the episode after that, the actual series finale, is really just okay. Um, but that episode ends um, with it, it starts in the real world. Um, because what Bojack did was he'd broken into his old house uh, to have this drug trip. And what he's done is he's essentially taken out of the house, uh, taken into court and thrown to prison, all while a song, um, I can't remember exactly what the song call, is called, but it repeats the lyric, so why the long face, over and over again. Hmm. So it, it, in, in a way, it's sort of like that um, story with the horse finishing with why the long face. Huh. If I will say though, if that line, if it actually horse had, walks behind bars, why the long face? Yeah, that's a good joke. But I will say though, if the show actually ended with Bojack going into a bar and the barman saying "Why the long face," that would have been the best ending. I don't care what you say. I, yeah. The way the show actually ended is all right, but I think that if if it that if it ended like that, especially because we know that the build up to that joke is supposed to be so long. Um, I don't know. It w- it would have been perfect. But um, yes. Back to the horse and the cow who have the bridge construction business. John's bridge is uh the straws with that have been stuck into the blue tack, in made out of gum, so that they're there. The 
the spaghetti is on top, then the playing cards, then he stuck the matchsticks into the potato, the potato standing on them and like a, on, on a, and so they, the potato is standing on top of them. And then the horse, the canal boat, and both cows are being used as bridge supports in the middle of the river. And that's the, that's the entire, that's John's bridge. Yeah, it's 11 fruit pastels high. Yes, 11.4. Though John wanted it measured in kilometers. <laughs> I mean, wh- why would you do that? It would make it seem so much smaller than it actually was. Just like John Richardson. <laughs> Lol. John Richardson but, is uh, small and there's nothing he can do about it. Mm-hmm. Now... This is still theoretically your task, Emerson. What about the rest of the people? I don't know. Doc Brown's was like ten fruit pastels high. I, okay, I I hadn't anticipated on covering this task, if I'm being honest. Why didn't you tell me that? We went through this before we started recording. <laughs> I, did, I did tell you that, but I said I needed I might need some help. Okay, you know, some help is this a like a British sort of understatement thing? Some help means I didn't get all the notes down. Not I didn't get any of them. If I didn't, but, if uh, I hadn't written anything down at all, how would I be able to give you accurate uh, measurements in fruit pastels of what they, their things were? I don't know. You seem like the kind of person who memorizes that. No, that's because I wrote it down. Okay. But um, Let, let's work together to do this, okay? Let's stop yes. arguing. Let's put our. As heads as close together as they can get, considering we are thousands of miles away from each other. And just do this together. What is Doc Brown's bridge made of, Joe? He had a pretty tall structure with the potato held up with cards and a bridge deck of matchstick straws and the model cows. Catherine's bridge was a ridiculous failure. Hers was the worst of all of them. She made hers of spaghetti. Thing. Well, no, she made hers out and of the, rubber bands and straws. With the she made these two initially pyramids, out of spaghetti. Initially out of spaghetti, yes, but she made two pyramids out of straws, which she then strung the rubber bands across. I guess trying to make like a uh, like a rope bridge sort of thing or a slack line, and it uh it 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 it, it, it nope this it, it didn't work colossal failure for Catherine, and so Catherine's. The potato just fell on the ground, and Alex measured it from there, and so uh, hers was one millimeter. Doc's bridge was ten centimeters. Then uh, Joe, meanwhile, is having a uh, a panic attack because he asked for some wood and didn't get it, which is also really funny, considering we know where the the wood was. Um, he builds a house of cards, has the panic attack, has a brainwave when he realizes he can make arches out of the playing cards, repeats there is strength in arches like a dying man holding onto a life ring. Also, this is like, he, this would have been Joe Wilkinson's uh, fragrance. And um, Yeah, sheer panic as he as he builds an arched sort of bridge structure and stacks them up. I think it's like three or four layers tall. And then... Um, he uh, and he gets his to be nine centimeters tall. Uh, Richard Osmond does something very similar to John Richardson. He his bridge is made out of straws and spaghetti and uh, the plastic cows and the horse. 
Catherine didn't want to use any uh, animals because she didn't want to take advantage of their defenselessness, even though they're just pieces of plastic. Yep, well, she's clearly talking about the defenseless dinosaurs that were killed to make this plastic. Yeah, because we all know dinosaurs are made of plastic. Well, dinosaurs died millions of years ago, turned into, went into the ground, were fossil, were turned into coal, turned into oil, and then the oil is what plastic is made out of. That's that's the joke. Is that? Oh, I get it. Um, Okay. Uh, Anyway, let's let's. So, getting other people's jokes on the fly is not really my strong suit. Okay, I will make a note of that for the future. But it, it, it is still quite funny, though. Yeah. Because, to an extent, I'm okay with people laughing at my expense. Yeah. But, um, for future reference, that is why in uh, the cars... That's why there's, like, uh, the... That's why Dynaco is an oil company in the Cars movies, because Dinosaur... And that's why, um... Sinclair stations in the United States had a dinosaur on their logo for a long time. Still do, actually. I'm going to drop a soundbite in here of Chick Hicks saying his amazing phrase. Oh, yeah? You want to know the forecast? I'll give you the forecast. 100% chance of thunder! Say with me! Okay, we're back. I'm impressed you went through the Cars movies to find a soundbite from it. That's impressive. What do you, I don't need to. There's clips on YouTube of him saying it. Sure thing. I, I, I still would have to find it and that's more effort than I would go through. But, um, yeah. So final scores, uh, John Richardson built the tallest bridge, 11.4 centimeters, doc 10, Joe nine, Richard eight, Catherine one millimeter. Damn. They are all there, and they were all very, very small bridges because they didn't look under the table. I swear, <laughs> they're, they're lucky this happened early on because people would be finding loopholes by now, looking looking everywhere. Mm-hmm. I feel as though Taskmaster at some point the show will have to end because people will just show up with like with like, you know, a load bearing vest containing every tool imaginable. But apparently one of the things Alex Horn says is that nobody ever learns. He always gets new comedians on. They never learn. Taskmaster could go on for ages and still feel really fresh and original. Yeah. I but think that's, now, that's what makes it so timeless, I think. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because, I mean, we're on... They finished Series 11, and honestly, it's like... The show, well... It, it's really at its high point of popularity. Yeah. Anyway, um... We've been going for over an hour and a half now. Um, the scores at this point... Uh, John uh, wins with five. Doc gets three. Joe... Doc gets four, sorry. Joe gets three, Richard two, and Catherine one. Which means the scores are Richard has 14, Joe and John both have 11, Catherine has 10, and Doc Brown has eight. Yes. And, and now we have the live task. Whoop, whoop. The final live task of the series, people. Yes, and this one is honestly one of the funniest ones, too. It's so funny, just the beginning of it, because... Um, so... Th- you can read the task out. 
But make yes, sure you so read it in its original state. The task, as it was written on the card, was put on a pair of food handler gloves, comma, eat a whole banana, comma, correctly put on a tie, comma, and clap as many times as possible. All tasks must be done within 100 seconds. Most claps win. Now, we're, can you just drop in the soundbite from Catherine Ryan right here? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop in the soundbite, including Richard reading the task out, too. Yes. She, you can hear her frustration audibly. Mm-hmm. In there. I might even play the whole thing, because like, there's yeah. some stuff afterwards. But anyway. Put on a pair of food handling gloves, eat a whole banana, correctly put on a tie, and clap as many times as possible. All tasks must be completed within 100 seconds. Most claps wins. Uh, I sense an objection coming from Catherine. What the f***? <laughs> Thank you. Great this, reading. No, I didn't what? listen to the last bit Uh-oh. because this is an example of the type of top-down misogyny that keeps people like me <laughs> losing! <laughs> I don't know how to react to that. Shut up! I'll tell you the answer. Do you not know how to put a tie on? Is that- no! Let's all put on a tampon I'll- and then we'll see... <laughs> I'll put your tie on if you eat my banana. <laughs> I'm married, dog, so that, uh, that's where it ends. That's a court case that I'm prepared to witness for. <laughs> Catherine might have a point. I'm just thinking if there's something... Hold on, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read all the words here. I'm going to move one comma, and we'll see if we can sort this out. Let's go. OK. Put on a pair of food-handling gloves, eat a whole banana correctly, put on a tie, and, <laughs> and clap as many times as possible. Done. Surely. Yeah. I feel now that I've ruined the task. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. Now we see the trouble that coin has got us into, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my... Catherine's... Shame on you, Alex Horn. It's, it's one of the funnier rants I've heard in a while and by Catherine. Al- Al- Catherine chases Alex around the stage. Um... Uh, it's funny because she's so much shorter than he is, and she starts like kicking him as well. She goes full. Kath- she goes full Karen and starts chasing after him. because like also Catherine, Catherine walk run, here runs like she's running in her heels, but she's taken her heels off. Yeah, well, because she presumably she knows it's like they could make me do some stupid bullshit. I'm not going to run around in my heels in case they tell me to do like a one legged race or something. Well, I don't think. Well, if the task was like physic- physically demanding anyway, she would have taken her shoes off to begin with. Yeah, but um, but anyway, so just so that we we make it aware to what happened, the comma, one of the commas was moved so that now it is eat a whole banana correctly, put on a tie. Now this actually screws over Joe Wilkinson because he because- has an advantage. No, he has a disadvantage because he is allergic to bananas. He had an advantage before, is what yeah. I meant. Ah, yes. And, um, but uh, then the next line, of course, from John, as it was said, now we see the trouble that coins got us into, don't we? Woof. But, um, what a bold they, they, they do, in fact, they do, in fact, begin the task. Uh, Joe Wilkinson lost a lot of time because he tried to put the tie on correctly. He did not have to do that. All he had to do was drape it around his neck like Catherine did, and it would have been fine. I actually had to think about the correct way to eat a banana because I'm I'm entirely not sure what the correct way is considered. I'm Apparently, assuming the correct way is um, 
do it from the bottom so the strings don't attach? Yeah, but that's dumb. I, I don't know how just, to do it like that, personally. I don't either, but what I was thinking, as soon as someone said the correct way to eat a banana, the only thing that was in my head was picking it up and taking a bite out of it unpeeled because that's the wrong way. Because, like, like it's one of those things, like, don't do that, immediately wants to do that, like that sort of thing. Oh, I see. Reverse psychology. Yes. Um, and then, they've also uh, just got to put the tie on. Not correctly. Yes. Just, yeah. They can, like, John, wrap, just wrap it around like a scarf. Almost. Yeah. John Richardson also put his tie on properly, which cost him valuable claps. Joe, as we said, didn't eat the banana. He actually put it in his mouth and then spat it out. Hmm. Please make your own jokes there. We already have an entire episode full of full of stuff about uh, full of jokes about that. But um, and then they actually there was someone else. Uh, someone else was complaining. I don't remember who it was. Was complaining that uh, they they didn't clap a lot because they. I think it was John because they didn't think that they really cared about the claps. No, no, they had uh, one person for each contestant looking at them with clickers. Seeing yeah. how many claps they did, so uh, that that's a really end- risky method. Yeah, well, that if you have people watching real closely, because they've probably got cameras on each person, so you have one person each watching the live feed. Uh, John, and then you can just uh, go back and do it if there's any dispute. But uh, John got 192 claps. Uh, Catherine got 221. Joe Wilkinson, 234, but was disqualified because he didn't eat the banana. Although, again, if we want to go into this, there's probably a big debate as to whether or not he he did, in fact, eat it. He did not swallow. Make your own jokes there. Make your own jokes about all of that sort of stuff. We don't have time for it. It's nope. 7 o'clock. It's, the sun is still up. I want to go do something. It's now, this. It's now June the 3rd. Where I am. It, June the 3rd? Really? You July live in no, last no, month? I, I'm Doc Brown. I'm a time traveler. No, it's July the 3rd. Sorry. Yes. But um, uh, uh, Joe got 234 but was disqualified. Uh, Doc did 237. Very interesting. With only, uh, only three claps off of Joe. And then Richard Osman with his massive body and his massive hands, 249, giving him first place. Um, so the scores are, oh, um, I've, I've put Doc's name twice on my scoreboard for this task. Um, so I think it was Richard five, then it was Doc four, Catherine three, John two, and Joe one. Is that right? Joe zero. So Joe, Joe zero, zero because he was disqualified. Joe zero, sorry. Which means the overall episode scores, <clears throat> Richard wins on 19, John and Catherine both get 13. Jesus Christ, I've been copying people's names down all wrong. Uh, uh, John and Catherine enjoyed second. Uh, Why are you asking me? Because the thing is, I've put... For fuck's sake. Um, Richard, that is Richard, the one thing I don't have written Richard down. wins the episode. Let's just put it yes. to that. And he wins, yes. he wins all the memorabilia. He gets his Jockey Wilson poster, the uh, signed poster of the Grand Union Canal, the uh, Votes for Women coin, and the other tat that I don't remember. But we have the more important issue of... The overall score. Series. So, should we go from last to first? So you can. I don't have it written down. In last place, I just have unsurprisingly is drum roll. Joe Wilkinson. Joe Wilkinson on sixty nine. Nice points. Nice. 
Uh, in fourth place is Doc Brown on 78 points. In third place is Richard Osman on 86. In second okay. place is John Richardson on 90. And the winner, and then the winner is, is Catherine Ryan on 94 points. Yay. Yay. Cue confetti. We only mentioned this last, last like two episodes I ago. have one thing to say about the scores. Um, Catherine scored exactly the same number of points as Josh Widdicombe. And there was one yeah. fewer episode in her series. That that one big task really did a lot for her. Yeah, that was to be fair. Someone could have won an episode with that many points from the hat throwing task alone. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um. Well done, Catherine. She doesn't get the karate trophy. Instead, she gets a she gets the shiny replica of Greg Davies' head. A shiny, shiny Greg Davies golden noggin. Uh, and she can do what she wants with it. Um, anyway, um, that's it for series two of Taskmaster. Um, this will be it from us. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, to do... we will be doing. We did mention in the Q and A we will be doing series two and three back to back, um, because they're quite short. Um, so yeah, we won't be going uh, anywhere next week. Um, stick around for series three. We will have five brand new, fresh faces. Mm-hmm. Exciting, isn't it? And five more episodes because these two are the shorter seasons. Yep. Why they were shorter, I don't know. But not every question is meant to be answered. There's a term for that. It's called British brevity because all you guys have you guys have really short TV shows. Explain why every series after like. Even even the series after the series three is quite long. It it well, it's, it's a non it's a non it's a non fiction show that requires very little scripting, so more episodes can be produced. I guess I was going to say reality TV shows out here have like thirty episodes a season. You know, you, this is not. You guys have like ten. Depends on the show, to be honest. Because I mean, like, I'm a celebrity, as I mentioned before. We'll often have like um, somewhere in the range of. A, 15 maybe more episodes a series mm-hmm. yeah I mean, but let me see how many episodes most reality like shows it. in britain nor are in the range of like say 8 to 12 episodes a series okay hold on fear factor was an american tv show let me see how many ep- list of episodes Okay, season, season two of Fear Factor had 19 episodes. Oh. This is in 2002. I'm a celebrity. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Holy shit. Season three had... Guess how many episodes season three of Fear Factor had? I don't know. 60? 27. Okay. The championship episode was a three-parter. Woo. That's a bit much. Season 4 was 34 episodes. Season 5 was 31. Do whatever you want with this useless information. 
British TV shows are very, very short in number of episodes compared to... Sitcoms are very short in terms of episodes because they have fewer writers. Reality shows tend to have slightly more because obviously um, they're not as scripted. Um, I'm a Celebrity... I'm a Celebrity used to have about 15 episodes, but it'll now have, say, like in the range of 20 to 22 episodes a series. Okay, season 11 of The Big Bang Theory was 24 episodes. Damn. So, American TV shows have more episodes per season than British TV shows do. Of course. That's, that was the only point I was trying to make here. Well, you made your point. Yeah. So, should we, call, should we draw the curtains to a close? Yes, we should. So... Uh, everyone's probably gone home by now. Um, uh, if you're still, if you've made it this far, we thank you. Um, I've been Emerson. Oh, fuck off. And I've been Joe. Bump my mic again. Um, I've been bumping mine all episode. You'll have to do some audio work there. Uh, Sorry. Uh, oh, well. Anyway, right. bye. We'll see you next bye. series. See you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>